Welcome to the Michigan Wild Podcast. We're just here walking around. We're going to go set a tree stand. Don't worry, my dad's weird. He never shot a huge buck before. I just shot a freaking big buck. that one. Oh, you hit him. Go get that one, Henry. Right here. What's going on, guys? Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Michigan Wild. I appreciate all the support. You guys uh, tuning in this week to listen to this episode I did with Adam Miller from the Bowhunter Chronicles. Uh, yeah, it was a good, it was a fun time. Uh, keep the intro a little short because we did talk for a little bit. I mean, I'm sure we'll be over two hours with the intro. We're really close to it. So, I uh, it was a fun conversation, man. Adam Miller is a guy that's local to me. You know, I've been listening to his podcast for a few years. And it was, you know, I've always really enjoyed how he can relate to, you know, guys like him, you know, a guy that uh, we're not, you know, we're in the state of Michigan. So it was always fun to do that and listen to how he, uh, he does things and all the, you know, the guests that he had on. He, he's always tried to ask questions, you know, with the mindset of trying to get as much information as he can so it can benefit his listeners. And same approach he has with, you know, talking about gear and his partners and all the things he does. It's definitely uh He's not in it to be selfish. He's in it to help as many people as he can. I really do appreciate that and learned a lot through listening to his podcast. And, yeah, really, really cool and fun uh, fun dude. And I do thank him for all the things he's done for the community. But, yeah, if you, uh, if you like I said, every time I talk to someone who's in the industry in the space, if you want to learn more, find their podcast, find their, you know, social media pages and give it, you know, dive into it. There's so much good information out there, so. Yeah, just talked about some of the some gear stuff with him. He was ATA, so kind of wanted his you know mindset on some stuff and what he recommends for people. And he listed off a bunch of stuff. So I mean, it's kind of hard. It's it's hard to remember that not that long ago that we were very limited in the mobile hunting game, and now we have just a plethora of really good solid equipment. So you know, it comes down to doing research and what you think, what you think you like, you know, who you want to support, and all those kind of things. I think are important, but. uh yeah, really appreciate his input. And, you know, we also, he, he had a kind of a fun fall. He shot he shot deer in Kansas, you know. His daughter, I think, ended up shooting a deer too. So talking about some of those things, you know, kind of how Bowhunter Chronicles came to be, his mindset, his approach to hunting. Why is he the world's worst bowhunter? I mean, if you guys know, you know, Adam Miller and the Bowhunter Chronicles, that's kind of a thing he self-coined himself as. So he started, you know, giving some stories about some turkey hunts and some things that happened to him. And I couldn't help but laugh. You know, it was just it was a fun conversation. I was I was dying. It was a good it was good stuff. So but yeah, like I said, to start this thing off, I appreciate you guys listening to this episode and clicking on this and doing that. It's awesome. I get a kick out of you know, interviewing people like him. 
I mean, anyone. I mean, I have a lot of, I've had a lot of fun the past few months, and it's been uh, it's been enjoyable. And uh, also, it's uh, it's gonna be a f- it's gonna be a crazy few weeks. I've been you know rocking some episodes every week, multiple ones, just getting pre-recorded because you know just trying to have some things stocked up. Because like I said, I'm new at this, so finding guests and doing all that, I want to make sure I have a good guest for every week. So I'm very thankful for everyone who has you know responded to me and has been willing to do an episode. Uh, like I said, I feel blessed and don't undeserving, but it's been fun and I'm going to keep this party going as long as I can. So yeah, look forward to, uh, to doing the next one and every week. And yeah, I can't really think of much else other than, um, it's been fun rabbit hunting with the buddies, man. It's been just a blast doing that. I encourage anyone right now, if you're sick of being cooped up, man, get outside, enjoy creation, grab the shotgun, grab the 22, grab the walking stick, whatever. Just go out there and enjoy enjoy the weather. I mean, it's been nice. We got a little snow now. It's cooled down a little bit, but man, it's been a great couple weeks to be an outdoorsman. Unless you love ice fishing, then <clears throat> it probably hasn't been the best. <coughs> Excuse me. And other than this little cold that's been going around, but nope, been fun. Enjoyed enjoyed my crew of buddies going out there, cutting up, laughing, having fun, shooting some shooting some rabbits, listening to the dogs work, and uh, you know, just keeping in touch throughout the week and. You know, seeing the rabbits that you shoot, cleaning them, and then later in the week get a picture of a guy cooking it up. That's it's pretty cool, pretty wholesome. So, nope, super blessed. And like I said, get out there, enjoy creation, walk around, do some scouting. You know, you never know if you're new to scouting. Just get out there and walk around, see what we can find. You might learn some stuff. It takes it takes time to learn these things. So, but yeah, appreciate you guys' support and uh, enjoy this episode with Adam Miller. All right, welcome to another episode of Michigan Wild. Uh, this evening, I have kind of a local legend, I guess. I have Adam Miller with the Bowhunter Chronicles. How are you doing tonight? It's great. It's great. If you want to call me the local legend, it's because I'm the world's worst bow hunter, dude. I know. Like, <laughs> when did you coin that? Was that from the start? Pretty much. I mean, so you got to understand when we started our podcast, we were listening to podcasts. John and I were in his garage till two three in the morning drinking beer talking about podcasts and like working on bows and there wasn't anything you know there was like working class and there was you know some of like the like jewelry type stuff like farmland iowa you know and then there was some really big companies with really bad podcasts like great guests uh, but they were either done in a boardroom or a bathtub. So the audio was like really echoey and tinny. And I was like, man, we can do better than that. But like, I just always say that there was no podcast about people not killing anything. Right. And so to, to try and, and, you know, to try and get people to like, listen to a podcast, I thought, the only way that I was going to be able to get people to listen was to have really good audio. And then, you know, just to be ourselves. And instead of coming from this place of like, I know what I'm talking about, 
I thought it was easier to be like, I don't know anything. And we're going to talk to anybody that we can to try and help everybody that listens, whether they are the first time hunter or they're someone who knows the guest and they're listening to the guest um, for that like higher level bit of knowledge. Mm -hmm. So and of the people that I have on the podcast, like John, you know, you know, he's been building his house, but you know, John's a way better hunter than me. My father-in-law's, you know, freaking Grizzly Adams, you know, he's, you know, Ernie's killed, you know, just as many deer. And so these guys are great. So I'm the worst bow hunter in the group and I'm just used to being that. So it's just really easy to, you know, embrace that. You, you live that is what you're saying. You fully <laughs> yeah, lived it. Yeah. Every day, every day of my life. Every day, and they probably remind you too. Yeah. Well, you know, so now I've killed a bigger buck than any of them and like they can be great hunters, but I can always just say like, I remember that one time in Ohio. Mm -hmm. yeah. so. Yep. I got, you know, and they probably <laughs> say something like, you know, a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while and they got all the list of things they give you. <laughs> but, but honestly, from, from that deer until like today, like in doing the podcast and being able to, you know, talk to these high level guys and then kind of, you know, when you're out in the woods, say, you know, what's Andy May doing in this situation? What's Jake Bush doing in this situation? You know, how does Troy Pottinger set up these scents? You know, what what's Nathan Killen looking at in this scenario? You know, you can, you, you spend a lot more time thinking about it. And then, you know, then when it works out, it's like, oh, it was luck, but you know, they just keep stacking up and mm. you just get luckier and luckier, right? Mm -hmm. But the odds in your favor. I think that's yeah. a great point because like when podcast first came out, I was like full on listening to them. Like, this is my, I love this. I want to learn more. I always wanted to be like, I kind of the approach of how come that guy can shoot a nice mature buck in Michigan, but I can't like, if he can do it, I can do it. Like that's always been my mindset with my goals and stuff. So I just consumed, consumed, consumed. And a lot, like a lot of it was like, man, I am on the right direction. Like the things I want to do and I'm trying to do, but then you, you are live it more and listen to it more. You can take little tidbits from everyone and start applying it, but it still takes time. Like, I think that's the biggest thing. Like it's been years. Like I went through a really good dry spell of not shooting anything with my bow because I was like committed to waiting for a bigger deer and like the heartache and the learning and all that stuff. But then when you immerse yourself in it, learn, you can get better. And like you said, like, you don't, I didn't even know who Andy May was until a podcast. He listened to that guy and it's like, oh my gosh, I've learned so much stuff from like his approach and all these other guys. And yeah, it's, it's quite a blessing in that. And you having that approach is probably was really refreshing for like a lot of guys, you know, like you're, you're relatable, you, you're a guy learning, going through the journey. And I think that's why it's been quite the hit. Well, for me, you know, with all these guys, I mean, obviously like you're learning, um, that there's like a podcast circuit. And I was just having this conversation the other night with another, one of the guests, as a matter of fact, is that like, there's guys that just like, you know, you talk to this guy, this guy, and then, you know, one week, like mm -hmm. they're on the same podcast, like, you know, so it's just, and they're saying all the same stuff. So I wanted to make sure that I listened to all those podcasts. So I already knew what those guys canned answers were going to say, like what the easy answer was so that I can like already say, like, I know that you do this. What do you do in this situation? And then like when you stump a guest, because they, they, you're like, Oh, he already took my answer. Um, you know, that's when I feel like I succeeded. And I think that that's when like the listener wins. Right. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah, you get that little tip. Because, like, guys who are good at it, they know so much that there's so much knowledge and so much experience there, they don't even really know what they know. Like, you know, I mean, anyone who's uh, who's good, I think if you're good at anything, like if you're a good, you know, soft, slow-pitch softball guy or a good golfer or you excel at fishing, you excel at anything, and then you've been doing it for a while, and all of a sudden you have a cousin or a friend who wants to get involved in it, they're just blown away, and you're just – you take all these things for granted. So, like, I think you've done a good job at, like, going back to the roots and, like, trying to peel back a few different things. Like, okay, yeah, cool, we understand the, the normal things, but what happens when you go to your stand and you blow the place up and it didn't work? Like, do you go right back tomorrow? Like, there's all these other things that you have you ask a guy and you can learn, and it's so relatable. Like, I remember uh, – oh, man, who – it might have been uh, – I can't remember who it was, but – they, they said something about how they will go on an out-of-state hunt and they went on like five out-of-state hunts that year and they only shot one deer. And I remember hearing that for the first time. I was like, what? Like, I thought like you pretty much go every time and you should shoot something. Like I would go once a year and feel kind of bad because I didn't get anything. I'm like, well, if they do five trips in one year, that means I should be happy to get one in five years kind of thing. So there's a lot of relatable stuff there, but so I do want to quick ask since you're the world's worst bow hunter, does that equate to also with turkeys or is it just white tails? So turkeys is a whole nother game. Like I never, I didn't grow up hunting turkeys at all. And uh, my father-in-law, um, if you listen to the show, uncle Frank, right. And if you met him in person, God, he is your uncle, uh, Frank. Um, you'll never know him as anything else. Um, he used to call turkeys at the show so um one of the guys one of the local guys used to um make turkey calls um rod benson game calls like so you still find them around you know here and there um and definitely like the box calls and so he used to go to all these shows and he was working the booth and calling and he was the guy out there making all the noises Mm -hmm. and all that stuff and you know he's got that personality so when I married into the family, like when I started hanging around and I hunted with them and they're like, all right, we're going turkey hunting. Like you're going to go turkey hunting. So I've called in a bunch of turkeys for myself. I've called them in for other people. You know, I've killed a pile of turkeys with, with a shotgun. And then when we started, when we started bow hunting them, man, like I'm the, I'm the world's worst turkey bow hunter ever. Um, I've laughed. I've laughed hearing you talk about turkey hunt with a bow more than I care to admit. Like it just cracks me up. It seems like it's well, always a rodeo for you. So, so for for the listener who's like, you know, how can it go so wrong so many times? Like, like last year. So we uh, we've been shooting tack every year. So you gotta, you know, I'm shooting my bow all year round and then we get into turkey season and we're ramping it up. We're trying to stretch it out. We're shooting, you know, 60, 80, 100 yards, whatever. And uh, so my brother-in-law, Uncle Frank's son, is equally as hilarious. He's a crack shot, but he's like even less bow maintenance than me. So we were at the Bowman's Club shooting. So I had to take my quiver off my bow because they had broadheads in it and all that stuff. And so I'm shooting. Well, I had, I forget where I was. I was, oh, we were going, my sister got married in Mexico. So I had one day, like, like I had like literally we flew out that afternoon, but I'm like, I'm going to get up this morning and, and hunt turkeys. Cause you know, uh, you don't got to process them. Isn't like a deer or whatever. So yeah. I'm like, all right. So I go there. I knew where these birds were roosted. This public land, super ridiculously over hunted. I'd caught, I'd actually uh, hunted there the first season uh, with my buddy with a gun. And uh, we, we picked the wrong field, switch fields, 
moved moved in on these turkeys um called the hens over the towns were following them and there was a other guys hunting in the corner of the field and they shot the turkey um <laughs> right i mean i called him on a string for a guy i didn't even know was sitting there um and then so i went back out there kind of got everything couldn't find my quiver i thought i left my quiver so i have my i have my bow all my stuff you know and i have no arrows but i have one arrow in my quiver and then i have a little box and i have one broadhead so i'm like well i'm already here so what do i do i call these jakes in on a string i mean literally they were 17 well when they were laughing at me they were probably about seven yards away and i called them in i had all had all three of them in my scope housing at one time and uh let them come let them come it was like 15 yards i shot like right underneath the turkey like i i shot and they just stood there the one like i, I um i was shooting um a schwacker and the little tit on the end of the broadhead i think got like some of his feathers because there was like yep. a little bit of blood on it but there was and there was feathers everywhere but there was no and the turkey was out there just fine those turkeys just stood there for oh the next gosh. 20 minutes and i have no arrows so i'm just One. standing there with my bow you know so this is the sub you, like this is like what sub 10 yards you're thinking oh yeah. Or how? yeah like i said seven oh yards oh my gosh because because we we set the tur we set the decoys up like generally i set the decoys up about seven yards okay and but i set the decoy up past me and there was like a wall of briars i had like a perfect like deer run shooting lane out where i shot then they went past it and they're whipping the shit out of the decoy right there at like <laughs> six steps and i'm just like i'm stuck there i mean so like when you talk about like how does it work with turkeys like you know shotgun season's over no done. problem done yeah but done. you know you know I, maybe if i brought two shells but i don't know that's hilarious of course yeah like that happens to you consistently it seems like like that kind of stuff i i mean i shot the decoy i uh i, I missed one with the longbow at at six steps i'll shoot you trying to trying to take his head off i got that on video um this year i shot one i th i thought i smoked this one we got it on video and uh we i belly crawled like i don't know 600 yards we just kept chasing these turkeys to the down the fence row to the end of the field and i ended up shooting them and i think the schwacker was what did it is because i think it opened up in the wing before mm -hmm. it actually got any penetration so that sucked i'm lesson learned you know mm -hmm. for all you guys you know don't don't take a shot you know we'll we'll call it um at distance uh at a, at a turkey with a schwack or maybe you know maybe at six steps it's a little bit yep. you know more likely to open well, they're like but... a dang bowling ball i mean like if anyone says i don't understand how you can hit a turkey with a bow and not have it die well have you ever seen what a turkey does to a vehicle when someone hits a turkey with their truck it will like destroy vehicles like they are just like a weird shaped critter you know lots of feathers heavy wings like every every, every time I've shot, i haven't shot a lot of turkeys like i'm not a serious turkey hunter but of the few i've shot my wife shot one and stuff it's like this is what they are like this is just odd like it's definitely an odd animal well yeah the um the guy that we went out um elk hunting with the first time out uh in idaho is uh is a veterinarian and uh he's a trad guy through and through and he just aims with a regular fixed blade um at their heads and we're like man that's ridiculous and he's like well here's the thing he said 
their vitals, you know, once you get, you know, cause they're all puffed up in their feathers mm-hmm. and you think they're this big thing, but they're really not. He's like, their vitals aren't really that much bigger than their head. So at least if you head shoot them, you either shoot them or you completely miss and then you don't got to worry about it. Yeah. They're dead. <laughs> yeah. If you hit them, man. So now I, I kind of get a sense you like to challenge yourself or put yourself in positions that make it harder for success as your turkey hunting thing. Um, do you kind of do that bow hunting too, like whitetail hunting? Like, do you are you like foregoing a nice knock on door permission private piece to you know trounce on some high pressure public? Like, how is your kind of approach to that? Like, do you gun hunt and stuff like that? I don't know if you do use a gun or not, but you bow no, hunt so, through gun season, right? Yeah, so the last two years i've been just i've been um bringing the trad bull out during gun season that's so, what it was yes yeah yeah so and that's just because i'm an idiot uh it's not it's <laughs> like it's like oh yeah i'm so good um no no um but no like i think for me you know i i grew up with you know my dad hunted my my grandpa hunted a lot and they gun hunted my dad bow hunted he had like one of the first compounds and i mean but i I mean in my so my memory of up until like i really started bow hunting i mean i could count on one hand like the amount of deer my dad killed with a bow um and never i don't think i ever saw him up until i started bow hunting like seriously with my in-laws him kill a buck with a bow and like we didn't you know all this inches of antler and all that stuff like we never like we've got 240 acres in the up and it, it's in menominee county so in like the late 90s early 2000s it was the highest deer density in the state of michigan okay so it was no permits you could buy them one a day you know you used to have to apply for them all that stuff and um you know it was we could buy them up there one a day till they were gone and they were basically never gone so it was very much like if you were going to go rifle hunting, you just go up there, shoot, shoot your deer, mm. and you come home. And, like, we never – I can – I mean, like, my dad killed a nice, you know, probably probably close to, like, Hope and Young, you know, probably, you know, right in that class. Really massive, um, heavy. It was it hung for seven days, 198-pound, eight-point. Like, big, big, big mm. deer. Um, but – as far as like antlers go, like that's the only one that I can remember. And now in later years, um, you know, when I didn't hunt, don't hunt up there anymore. Um, you know, basically I stopped gun hunting up there when I started bow hunting seriously, because it's so bad to say, but it's like Michigan mentality like these guys that I hunted with my family in, in the ancillary and a lot of the older guys, right. But they were like, you can't hunt over there because there's no deer over there. They tell me that I was stupid or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back was a, 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 a was the same hunt week or whatever, but opening day, <clears throat> I had a two spikes come by chasing a doe. And then I had this like really ugly, seven point like a mutant you know like mm. ugly you know not what you're trying to shoot so i've been hunting for 17 minutes of daylight and i had a hot doe pee right in front of me 
I had two spikes run by into this ugly deer. And I didn't shoot because it was not the deer that I wanted to kill. And we're not running trail cameras. I have no idea what's up there, but I just knew that that couldn't be the, like the, the one. Right? Yeah. And, um, you know, so get down, go in and they, they all, but called me a liar and said, you know, well, why didn't you shoot them? Cause no one else saw any other deer, but it was mm-hmm. like, I was hunting the wind. I was hunting. And, you know, at that point with bow season being what it was, you know, I probably had 30 sits in a tree up to that point you know, mm-hmm. and you know, they're telling me that. And then last day of the hunt did the same thing, went to like where my grandpa used to sit in the swamp on a bucket, you know, I was like, that's always a good spot. Nobody ever goes in there. And I had a n- nice, you know, basket rack, something chasing a doe. It was the last day. And then that was before antler point restrictions up there. And we had, um, a three on one side rule. Right. So a lot of the deer up there don't have, Brow tines. Brow tines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just, you know, I saw, you know, nice 15, 17 inch buck that probably would have been fine. They got about to me and stopped and I couldn't see his head. I could only see his body and I could see her front half. So I shot the doe and same thing. They didn't believe they, you. They, they didn't believe me. So it's like, you know, I got, uh, I got better things to do with my time. So you know? you're kind of saying like <laughs> a, having a gun in your hands doesn't necessarily bring back fond memories, like, or well, good things you think, or what? No, no. I just think that like it, it was just like a meat getting tool. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, and it's, it's, I don't know. I feel like, you know, but that's I, important though, in the state of Michigan, you know, for d- deer harvest and, keeping numbers down like it's definitely you know i'm I'm not i mean i don't care that you don't use a gun but like i love shooting deer with a gun like my family like that's exactly what we use a gun for that's when yeah. we shoot most of the does that's when you know the sisters and mom and you know everyone goes out with a gun like let's take care of business we got a property that barely gets bow hunted we just gun on it and you know we the Roosevelt family has always shot a lot of deer you know during gun season so i completely i agree 100 like meat getting tool it's a great way to explain a rifle you know but, but i, I can't, mean there's there's still something about the you know you you know saying like you know you're not the best hunter in the group but like you're perfect you're bringing a trad bow during gun season like there's gotta be something you know yeah you're an idiot but like is you will go 10 years and not shoot something during opening day gun season trad bow, but when you do shoot one it is gonna be worth it probably i mean that's gotta be why you're doing it yeah. And, but I mean, like there's, there's a whole nother thing. So like, I'm not, a, a, a. so one thing that I learned, you know, I used to, I used to think like, oh, it was so cool that we had this property in the UP. Um, and then like the further, like I got into the, cause my father-in-law, he only hunts public. Well, now he hunts like private land, Ohio. And, um, you know, he, he's 70 years old. So um, but he only ever hunted public land, you know, it was all public land. And so the more, I guess the few little private pieces that I had to hunt or whatever, I quickly realized like how constrained you are, you know, because where's everybody hunting? It's always on the field. It's always on the property line. It's always mm-hmm. on the edges. It's always because that's where the habitat is. That's where it changes because you don't go all the way up to the line and neither does his neighbor. So 
that's where the deer want to use that mm -hmm. habitat. And, you know, so I just realized how quickly like that private land gets really small. And, you know, even with us, like 240 acres, when you put, you know, six, eight, 10 guys on it and you only have like one or two ways to access it. Well, if the wind is different and you still hunt the same places, it, it's done. Mm -hmm. And so that has something to do with it. You know, I was in the Marines and like when I came back from the Marines, like I didn't do anything. I'd like, it's not like, oh, look at me. Um, nothing, nothing special. But we used open sight shooting man sized targets at 500 meters. So, yeah. like with a gun. Now, the, the arrogance in that shows through 100% in, I think it was 2020, um, 2020, 2021. I went out, I did a rifle uh, elk hunt with my dad. So, it was like an outfitter hunt where we went and took um, horses into a spike camp. They dropped us off. There's, you know, cook tent, cots, chainsaw, first aid kit, radio. It says, if you shoot something, call us. We'll come in with the mules and we'll take it out, right? So I brought my bow. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't my hunt. They needed another guy. So... I go, I do the hunt. Um, I don't see it. I mean, we saw a bunch of elk, but nothing like within bow range. And like, so my dad, my dad ended up, I think he missed on the last day. Um, but a couple guys killed first thing the first day. And I told him, I said, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to, if I don't have a good setup on the last day, I'm just going to borrow one of your rifles. I'm going to go kill one on that last day. <laughs> and so I shot an elk. 300 and some yards, 200, you know, over 250, under 350, somewhere in there with a borrowed rifle. And I was like, this is easy. And then we, my brother had been going up after Thanksgiving to our property with his, uh, with my nephew. And then, so that's become like a tradition with all the kids now. And so we went up there and I freaking, I told, we knew what was going to happen. Like my brother and I and my brother-in-law were like, okay, this was going to happen. Like, I'm going to go in at gray light. I'm going to find where the deer are. And I'm going to shoot a doe first thing. And I got up in my saddle. I was like one stick high. And here comes the does. I walked in at gray light. Here comes the does. I missed at like bow range with a seven mag of my gun, my oh gun, my. my own gun. So <laughs> like you talk about humble pie. And then yep. I went back to the cabin sighted it in everything was perfect the last day of the hunt my brother shoots a doe and he says hey there's another one right here so i sneak all the way around this ridge come up work the way back side of the ridge come up right next to the blind this deer's like 80 yards away i missed that one too so i mean <laughs> it's maybe it's just i'm not that good <laughs> oh that's good but i mean i like it i mean it's real world stuff that happens and you're not a, I've never got the vibe that you're like, oh, a purist. You're like, oh, I can't, I can't kill anything with guns. You know, I have to use a bow or have to do that kind of thing. I was just kind of intrigued what your, what your kind of thought process was. Cause you know, I've thinking back on the years, there's, you know, when I was a kid, if I had a tag in my pocket and a, a deer came out with a gun in my hands, I was blasting, you know, like I was now like always really good at passing deer. Like that's been part of my family, like. My dad and my uncle started doing that when I was like nine or eight years old. So like before I could gun hunt at 14, I had seen 
lots of deer get past like because i always hunted with them so like that was no that was not no like a foreign idea to me like yeah you pass little deer because there's bigger deer out here and we were doing that before trail cameras we had pictures just from scout and you'd find or see them but um but yeah man if i had a doe tag in my pocket boom and i'd go buy another one boom you know and now last few years you know i keep doe tags all year and it's like ah you know i had like a couple opportunities really close to the house or like you know would be like easy drive the truck out to them get them like you know it was just a little farther than i wanted to shoot or you know i don't really want to like i don't really have to deal with it like i'm just kind of enjoying the moment i had no buck tag after november 8th so like gun season was only going to shoot a doe for me and then i'm like oh, what's that yeah that's my <laughs> humble brag yeah and i'll go 10 years without shooting a buck probably but but uh you know then i was like oh my brother-in-law is going to be up here so i'll let him shoot some of these does so i get what you're saying like there is kind of like a a journey with that and like a thought process but maybe next year i'll you know maybe i'll feel a little bloody and i'll shoot quite a few with a gun but who knows you know well i think as concisely as i can put it like the the my thought process is is like you know i feel like and i've you know like i said proved this wrong but you know the the confidence is there that like basically every deer that i see with a gun like and they're relative open like i can kill it yeah um and i feel like as a bow hunter every i mean i can i i got this one the one from this year is bad bad but the i have one like burned in my mind from hunting public land in the up and like i i don't i don't even know if at that point i'd killed a buck with my bow or and then this is you know with my father-in-law um, maybe i'd killed one buck with my bow and this like four point comes in and he's 25 yards away coming in coming in and he walks underneath all these white pine branches all the way to like seven yards and he has no idea that i'm there and you know there's no there's no reason that he shouldn't stay out in the open like just step out just step out you know and so i feel like every deer that i see with a gun i can kill but everything can go 100 percent right with a bow mm -hmm. and like it all goes sideways and when it goes sideways like that's what keeps us going back yep. because it's like and there's that thing of like letting deer go that had no idea that you were there now yep. letting a deer walk by it you know 150 yards that doesn't know you're there is way different when they're sniffing your you know they're trying to figure out your your steps or like when they you know they walk by just living their life they're just out there feeding you know at 11 yards and you're like yeah that's not the one mm -hmm. um you know there's a way different feeling inside and i think that when it goes right with a bow even when like like even when you know everything was 100 percent right if you didn't see him fall you still in the back of your mind are like oh my god i don't know about yeah. it like you know and i think all these guys that as soon as they shoot say smoked him oh he's dead 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 you know and then they got the dog and then they got all the stuff you know and i think that that's that that's what keeps you coming back right because yeah. unless you see him fall man so many things they're such tough yep. animals so it's I, such I think a, that's the way. A reward like it's such a build-up with a bow like I, I think you know i've shot some great bucks with my gun i've shot some great bucks with my bow and every time i shoot one with my bow it's like that feeling when i think back on the season or something go like that sticks with you a lot longer like the the art 
of you know bow hunting is just a little is a lot different than the art of gun hunting you know and uh gun hunting is like a big party for us like you know hang out tradition sit in a warm shack with a heater you make your lunch like that's a whole different type of hunting and like you said when when but when that does work out when that you know that whitetail comes by and clears through you know there's all this space around you and decides to walk that 20 yards in or whatever it ends up being and steps behind a tree and you're able to pull your bow back all getting busted and then you're able to like everything you slow it down and hit your points and you know you follow through and you watch the arrow go right where you want it to go like what other hunting activity can relate to that you know like that's just like in that that rush and that adrenaline all that lasts so much longer when I'm in my nice cozy blind with the family, you're giggling and, you know, a nice buck comes out. You're almost like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it happened. But, like, you do it and it's like high five and it's like, cool. Now, like, it's kind of that's kind of where it ends, you know. So unless you've been through it and it really, you know, then you like you can dive into this even farther with, like, the scouting, the trying to find a buck and doing all that. Like, there's so much build up for that with a bow. And sometimes sometimes you you fail miserably you hear guys fail with a gun like oh i missed or you hit one and it got away but when you watch your arrow go over a deer or you watch the arrow hit a deer where you think it needs to hit and then you never find that deer i mean that's you can't duplicate that either so there's such a such a negative feeling with such a positive feeling so i think that's i think that's why it's important to like yeah, you can get new people into gun hunting. Like it's a very good um, thing to do. It's easier to get a newbie into that. But if you can really push them into bow hunting and they get that bug, you now have a hunter for life. Or like I think you have a lot better chance at it because of those things. Yeah, and you know, I, I don't know. My this year, like my daughter shot her first deer, and you know, you talk about like the emotions. I mean, gosh you know everybody says like oh well, who's more excited like dad or you know the daughter and it's like i i feel like that's gun hunting though it's like i, I was excited because we didn't mess it up um because that that's like the biggest fear in that situation like you say like if you get someone bow hunting you can have a hunter for life but you know, when you talk about like the youth hunt and all that, and I mean, we're, we're dealing, you know, with, in this case, like an eight year old girl. Right. So to have like the, a bad hit and not recover a deer, like that's, you know, that may be irreversible, yep. you know? So the fact like that was to me, like the relief that, you know, she was able to do it you know that that you know she didn't just you know if she would have completely missed that would have been cool because now we got something to build on but you know mm -hmm. if, if you lose one or something like that um but man that that was cool and and like you said you know you're making your snacks and you're doing all this stuff um it's it's a it's a different hunt it, it, the last couple of years have made me enjoy that kind of like rifle season you know without the rifle season because it you know it's uh you know at we go up after thanksgiving so yeah. it, you know it's we're second third week whatever it's not really the excitement isn't necessarily there you know yeah it's not the opening day jitters right. the christmas morning you know like a lot of guys say uh so i do want to kind of roll into a little bit other because some other stuff i do i like this guy how this went you know with talking about 
uh, you, you know, bash on you a little <laughs> bit here, but I do want to kind of like maybe more of a positive note because you did shoot a deer this year. And, um, I purposely have avoided the podcast that you've, uh, told the story on. I've heard maybe little tidbits here and there, but let me get you, you shot one in Kansas, correct? Yeah. The one behind me there, like I taped him myself and I'm, you know, maybe I'm better at taping than I am at bull hunting, but <laughs> you know, it's, it was like 126. Nice. Um, you know, so not what you, and I, I wish I would have, uh, been able to weigh the deer because like when we walked up, like taped out and everything, like antlers look great. And you know, it's got some pretty decent mass. And I mean, from what I can I mean, see, the mass looks great. Like yeah, you see a, the mass coming out of his, oh man. Yeah. That's a sweet deer. Yeah. So is cool deer. Um, you know, not like one sixties, Kansas, you know, <laughs> monster. Yeah. And I say like, I would shoot that deer on the first day, the last day, any day. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, it, but the, when we walked up on him, like the antlers looked really small because the deer is, was a mod. Like, yeah. so after I, when I was cutting him up, like I'm six foot tall, his hocks, like the gambrel was like over my head and I had already cut his head off and the neck was curled up on the ground. So like big deer, you know? Yes. Um, but yeah, so I'm (laughs) so, okay. You've shot a buck in Kansas. You shot a buck in Ohio. Have you shot a buck in the other state? I know. No. And you shot two great bucks in both of those states. Like your Ohio bucks, like the, well, your biggest buck, right? That's like 150. Nice. Like, so you, you've kind of gotten, is you, (laughs) is like, are you better luck out of state than in state, you feel like, or what? It's, yeah, kind of, but it's, it's different. You know, that's, that's one of the things that I've, I've talked a little bit about on the podcast this year. Um, and it's, it's kind of like changing my mentality, um, going into the, this season. Um, cause I've been trying to focus a little bit more on Michigan. Uh, well, I, I said that, but like, uh, cause I was like, Oh, I don't have anything really going on. We're doing the Montana bear hunt, um, for the Patreons, like whatever. And then, um, I just got in with my father-in-law, like the place that they go out in Colorado. So I'm going to hunt elk in Colorado this year too. So like when I say, Oh, you know, I'm going to spend more time in Michigan, like eh, kind of, um, yeah. but Anyway, I think when we go out of state and and maybe you can attest to this because I've I've heard you talk about like having a lease and then hunting public land too. Um, When you're at home, I find myself anyways saying like, okay, well, I've got this many hours, like maybe I, and and this is to hunt in public land. So it's not like I'm like, don't want to go to this food plot or this field or like whatever. It's like, what places are kind of quick to get to quick mm-hmm. to get home? What do I, what do I have to do And There's, there's a bit of like just trying to get out to get out. And then there's like, it's a good day to hunt. So I need to be somewhere. And then I think also at home, sometimes we try to chase cameras. So, you know, we, now we're using cell cameras and we're like, Oh man, the bucks were over there, you know, and you know, we're looking at the wind and all this stuff. And, at least for me, like I'm not putting in like a hundred percent as I am out of state. Like when I'm out yep. of state, like that's my job is to just go find a deer and, you know, put on the miles scout, put it, have that mindset. So I think 
that's I think the only difference between out of state and in state is like we're doing all the things that we talk about in out of state where you know you've never been there you don't know if it's a good spot you don't know historically there's mm-hmm. good deer here so i'm going to try this on this win no you go and you walk in there and you say okay where is like where is it tore up where where does it look good enough that i want to like waste one fifth or one seventh of my time mm-hmm. here by throwing up a sit at home we take that time for granted we say well we've got a super long bow season like we got a ton of time like if you gun hunt you're like i got gun season too like it doesn't really matter out of state we are like literally you know putting on miles and miles and miles and miles and miles to get that one opportunity and i think that that's the only difference between like out of state and in state for me as far as like whether i'm a better hunter i mean this year me and joe we went down and hunted indiana i'd never even set foot down there like i didn't even know where we were going and like i didn't know how it laid out and on the map it looks like one thing and you know so we get down in there we're scouting around and you know found one good spot gut pile from like that morning so it's like all right well that's blown <laughs> out and then by the time we finally got on the deer it was kind of like time to go mm-hmm. um, but you know we were we were in deer they just weren't like the right deer and i'm i yep. I'm not a deer passer, but I mean, we're talking like spikes, button bucks and does, you know, yeah. I'm not hunting, you know, the week prior to Halloween for a button buck in mm-hmm. you know, Indiana. But as far as Kansas goes, like Kansas, I, I just chuckle because like your listeners are like, this guy's an idiot. Um, <laughs> but I, but I did, I could, so everybody's like, oh, it takes two years to, you know, a year or so to, to draw Kansas, you know? So I was just going to buy a point. Well, I couldn't figure out how to buy a point. So I'm like, well, I'll just pay the extra 40 bucks or whatever and I'll apply and I won't get it. And we'll be no worse for the wear. I'll hunt 2024 in Kansas. Then my buddies, I'm like texting them. I'm like, Hey, it's the last day. If we're going to put in for Kansas, like you need to do it. And they're like, where do you do it? And I'm like, I don't know. I just applied. And so then my one buddy ended up calling them and they're like, oh, it's up over here. Like you have to go here. And so then they just bought a point. Well, we're up at TAC and, you know, $400 or whatever hits my credit card. And I'm like, shit, I guess I'm going to Kansas. Going to Kansas. By myself. (laughs) By yourself. Oh, my God. So so I'm like, so then everybody's like, oh, man, are you excited? You're hunting Kansas. I'm like. Like, not really. Like, you know, I wasn't I don't ready. Know. Yeah, I wasn't ready. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, so now, you know, fortunately, I'm like in the position that I am where I network with all these people. And so I'm like, oh, I heard you're going to Kansas. I heard you're going to Kansas. Like, where are you going to be? What's going on? And I already knew that, like, the better time, at least from what I heard, was like the better time to be in Kansas was like our gun season. Like that's when their rut is really going on. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like when Michigan gun season um, goes. So my wife's birthday is November 8th. So I was like, well, I'll stay for her birthday. And then like, there's something going on with her schedule or my daughter or something. So I ended up leaving on the 10th and I was, I had, I didn't have to be back to work. I don't think until like the 21st or 24th, something like that. No, the 20. 
twenty second, because I had eleven days total to hunt. So I must have I must have to be, be back to work on the twenty third, leave myself travel days. But anyways, so I got a hold of some guys that I had met that were in the same unit as me. They drew the same unit, so I'm like, okay, cool. Um, I was trying to work some stuff out, and they're like, well, we got an Airbnb and we got an extra place for you to stay if you want. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I, you know, put all my feelers out pinned everything around like where we were staying and I, I got some beat on some great properties and I left at like I think I left at like three in the morning drove through to Kansas and I got there at like three in the afternoon in Kansas and so coming from the west I worked my way east but I got into my unit before I got to the Airbnb so I was like just checking off spots, glassing, seeing where the trucks were and like every good spot, good, I guess it would be like a good spot. There was trucks there. And from what I had heard from other people, it was like a lot of the stuff, if it doesn't look good from the road or you have to walk across like a cornfield or something like a, just some, you know, dirt field, like people don't, don't want to hunt it. They, like if it doesn't look good from the road, like that's a better spot. So I I drove around in glass, got all that stuff. And I, I made like a stupid mistake. Like I, I already had, I already knew where I was going to hunt the, that next morning. Um, and I went and checked that spot out and there was deer there. So I, that, I mean, there was does there. So I was like, okay, that's great. Well, I did not go in at gray light. I like try to be like, oh, I'm going to get in there. Well, I tried, I tried to cross this creek which was like a river and it was these banks were like super high. And like, I walked right through all the bedding, like blew all the deer out. Like I was like, I mean, I was, I was crawling up this thing. Like I ended up having to like, you know, put, set my bow up above me and like all four oh climb gosh. out, um, of these big drainages coming off these fields. And I got in a tree and I seen one deer just tearing ass across the field and I was like, oh, well, at least there's deer. And then the farmer just drives into the field, like, immediately right behind me and, like, <laughs> hooks up equipment. And, like, so I never hunted Kansas before. I don't know, like, I know that I'm okay to be here, but I don't know, like, if he thinks it's okay that I'm, yep. gonna, like, mm. whatever. So I'm almost like, I just stayed in the tree, like, as long as I, like, fell at. Well, he made enough circles that he was far enough away from me in the field that I was like, okay, now's the time I need now's to get down. <laughs> yeah. So I got down and, you know, he seen me in wave. So it wasn't as big a deal, but it was just like really like not the, yeah. you know, first like, day okay, you're so, like, oh my yeah. gosh. So, so now when you, I want to kind of, so when you, you were just like looking from the truck when you were looking for deer or when you said you saw deer in the area, that's just from mm -hmm. the truck or did you actually get out of the truck and like walk around anywhere? No, I didn't. So Kansas is weird. They have like, they have like the Weeha, which is like the walk-in. They mm -hmm. have like actual public. And then they have some like ones where you have to like call and check in and like whether it's full or it's not full. Yeah. And so this one and and like again, like it's kind of kind of sucks, but like I didn't have service there to like check in. So I was yep. like, I can't be just walking around out there because yeah. I don't know if somebody's hunting. I don't know what the deal is. So gotcha. That that was just happened to be one of those properties. So because in Illinois, and, I like doing what you said. I did the whole like first light last light i'd drive like mm -hmm. hit as many spots as i could but then in between i would 
you know, this looks good or I see a deer crossing road and then I would, you know, get out of the truck and just like do like a quick little walkabout and know like, yep, I can get here in the dark or nope, not worth it. Like kind of all that. Cause I have done that mistake. And I think where was it? It was in Illinois actually. And dude, it, no, it was in Missouri. Sorry. It looked like this cattle pasture CRP. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll easily be able to walk in there. My dad drops me off. I start walking one finger and I'm like, I'm not going to use that light because I'm close to egg fields and I want to spook any deer. And finally, I had to get my light out. It's like, man, I've been walking for a long ways. And uh, I turned my light on. I'm like 20 yards from the road. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I did this huge loop, you know. <laughs> and uh, my dad, I had no idea. I had no idea my dad saw me. So, like, I'm like, oh, man, I got to book it back. So, I'm like, lights on. I'm making it to that creek. And it was, like, the nastiest, stinkiest water in that creek. And I was like, I can't cross here. Like, I just can't do it. So, I walked like this. I completely muffed it up. But I found a tree and got over, you know. So, I'm like, all right, I'm not going to. I'm just going to sit in the ground, you know. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm good, you know. And, like, two hours in the day, like, my dad texts me. He's like, how was your walk in this morning? And I'm like, you know, it could have been better. He's like, yeah, he was just getting out of my truck, you know. I mean, he was probably three-quarters of a mile away. He's like, I look over and I see your light way by the road and i was like when i saw you turn around going i was like oh he got lost he's like how'd you get lost in that and i was like i don't know this missouri stuff is weird <laughs> but uh yeah I, kn- I know the pain like i felt like the biggest dummy ever but yeah it's when you're not like you said you've never been there before you know you can digital scout or you can see it from the truck you can do all these things but man once you get down in like a creek system or like a ditch system they can be way over your head and you just lose all sense of like direction and that kind of stuff yeah, I did that same thing in in Wisconsin, and like I hunted like this little tiny creek at night, and then there was like nobody around. I'm like, oh man, this is gonna be so good in the morning. I went back in the morning. There was eight million people. There's trucks everywhere, and like it was like a raging river just on the other side of that little. Because where I was was wasn't like on the creek. It was just like a yeah like, runoff or whatever. So. I was like, I can't, I mean, I could get like <laughs> naked and cross, but I'm like, I don't think I really want to do that. I don't know what's over there. Yeah. You know? Is it worth it? Yeah. Is yeah. it worth it? So your first morning was kind of a disaster. Oh, it was, it was a sick, disaster. Buster. Yeah. And then what so was that, your plan? Like after that, were you like, keep scouting or did you want to stay in the area? No, no. Like I was like, I was like, that's so again, like having no idea, like what the deal was like, I'm like, that's not it you know so i went in that night before when i had driven around um like i said i was i was checking out all these pins just working my way to the airbnb and like i saw like very few deer like i it was i was like man this is really odd and then what i did notice is like i went by this like thick like cedar patch and then all of a sudden there was a spike in there and there were some other does. And I was like, I was like, okay. And I just kind of like made a mental note of that. Like, okay, that's where I saw deer. So then I keep driving around. Like I said, didn't see very many deer. And uh, actually right by the Airbnb that morning, I saw a really nice buck cross the road. But anyway, I, uh, and the guys that like I, that night I, when I got to the Airbnb, like the other guys weren't even there yet. And they're like, we were driving through the night and they're like, well, they're just going to drive to their spot. And they ended up like their spot was like blown out. They drove around. They saw a buck that was bedded up and then they followed his tracks back on this piece of public. And they're like, okay, like we're going to hunt there. And they had like some smaller bucks come by and, 
you know, but that, that, that buck didn't show back up. But so they were like basically locked into that. Cause they're like, we saw a big buck, like we're going to hunt him until we kill him. So after, you know, I texted them and they're like, yeah, we're on this buck. Like this is where we're at. And I was like 60 miles from them. I was like an hour away. So I just got to work my way back towards the Airbnb. And, uh, one of the spots my buddy had pinned like that he had hunted before, I, I actually drove around like the, the mile section and on the back side of that section, there was a farmer that was like fixing the fence. So I just stopped and I was like, Hey, you know, seeing any deer, like what's going on? And he's like, I think that's what broke my fence. He goes, the weather has been kind of crap because it was pretty hot. And he's like, the weather hasn't been good. So I don't know where they're at, but he's like, there's, there's deer around. But on the other side of that fence that backed up to the piece that I could walk into was a bunch of those cedars and stuff. Mm. So I just kind of walked. Uh, so I went in there and it was like exactly what I said. It was like a half a mile of nothing. And uh, so I just walked this creek, you know, cause that was the only thing. And there were some rubs and there were some beds, but there wasn't anything like super awesome. And there was like this pond and I'm like, well, it's hot. There's gotta be some stuff over there. And I found a giant scrape and, you know, well, I ended up finding like a big crossing and I went in there and, and we had a Northwest wind. So like it was perfect, you know, I was entering from the East, went in there, I got up in the worst tree ever. It was like where I needed to be, I thought, but it was just awful. And I was like, I was like, well, you know, whatever happens, happens. And like, I was literally just about to get down. I'm like, this sucks. You know, like, I'm like, I'm wasting my time. Like there's, I'm like, I have, this is the worst tree ever. It's terrible. And then all of a sudden I looked behind me and then here goes two little bucks past me. And I was like, well, okay. So then I like, it, and this is what was interesting. And I'm never, like, I'm never, rattled anything in i've never you know nothing's ever been like super like ruddy here in michigan like i've grunted you know some deer and stuff like that but like rattling no but it's like kansas kansas right mm -hmm. so i rattle and like a herd of does comes running down the hill so i i think it was like you know how they talk sometimes about like does wanting to be bred or like whatever mm. so then here comes these does they come running back in and then there's other bucks like moving around back in there and they're just these little tiny dink bucks like four points and stuff and they're like getting ready to spar and everything and i'm i mean you got the party got, started is what you yeah. did <laughs> well i've got you know and they're like you know upwind for me and they don't like some of the does seen me because i'm like spinning around with my camera and doing all sorts of crazy stuff but they like they didn't really seem to care and all these deer kind of came out of this one pocket. And now, like, it's funny when we watch, like, videos and stuff. Like, when you're like, because I watch so many, like, Kansas hunting videos. You know, because that's, like, oh, yeah. you know, and who knows? They, they could have been, like, you know, 2,000 miles away. Or I don't know how big Kansas is. Seems like you drive across it forever. But, you know, they could have been in a completely different area. But they all had these, like, little fields and stuff. So, like, I'm I'm making a mental note of that. And so I like picked out a tree for the next day and I'm like, that's, that's where I need to be. So I got down and then, you know, I got to do this half mile, three quarters of a mile, well, where I was hunting, it's like three quarters of a mile walk out and, uh, get back to the Airbnb, tell the guys like what's going on. And it's a freaking East wind in the next morning. So I can't, there's that spot's unhuntable. 
So I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I know that I'm not going in at zero dark 30. I'm going in at gray light. Like I'm mm-hmm. not messing around, you know? So I, uh, this Airbnb had this like 500 acre piece, like two miles down the road, which had access from the West. And, uh, I assumed the guys that booked the Airbnb, like that's why they booked it. Cause there's like spot right there. Yeah. And, uh, they're like, no, we drove by it. It doesn't look very good. And I'm like, well, I don't have any other options for an East wind and like I'll go in there. It's close, you know? So I drive over there in the morning and it's, it literally took me like four minutes to get there. <laughs> and so it's like way darker, you know, cause the morning prior, like I drove, you know, 60 miles, you mm-hmm. know, so I got up about the same time, you know? Went over there, so I'm sitting there, and I'm like, uh, time difference, everything. So I'm like, FaceTime my daughter before she goes to school, and I'm sitting there, and I get off the phone, and it's just starting to get light. And there was two different parking spots, and I moved, I drove down to like the one that was closest to this ditchway. And I get off the phone with my daughter, and I just look over my shoulder, and like a, a buck runs a doe across the road, like oh geez but from the public to the private and then he's okay. over there you know running around i'm trying to get the binos on him and i'm like well this bottom is active anyways but yeah. i'm like well i'm not gonna walk in there i'm like I, ha- I had a good idea on the map like where i wanted to go so i went drove up the road and went in like where i thought i i wanted to go so i get down to where i wanted to go and there was a lot of tracks but it wasn't like anything that was like you know, there was a, there was like a, there was like a scrape without a scrape. There was like a licking branch mm-hmm. and it was all, the, the tree was all tore up, up above, but there was no, nothing on the ground. Yep. And this was like a very poorly cut cornfield or freshly cut. I don't know, but there was corn everywhere. Like, oh. I mean, you know, so, and there's tracks everywhere. And it's so there's really- stocks. They didn't chop it. They combined it. So you had like stocks and BS all over. Like it wasn't like clean cut uh, or what it was, was their it was it was clean cut like calf high okay so that wasn't you know but there was like the, they probably had a crappy john deere as my dad would say yeah, <laughs> I, yeah i don't know but i know there was a lot of like shelled corn everywhere and there was a lot of tracks so i'm like okay well th- that's cool but this doesn't look like where i want to be and so this thing made like a turkey foot in the you know the for the drainage and uh, I, I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to walk, just expose myself out on this thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I don't really want to walk down in there. The wind's going to be blowing down in there. But I'm like, this drainage is really long. Like, like it had to be a half mile long or longer. So I'm like, I'll play the odds. Like, I want to see what's over there. So I started walking on the field edge and then it sloped down. And as it sloped down, I got down in there and, uh, it looked, I mean, it was tore up everything. I mean, that was the place, that was the spot, except for, and, and this is a good thing for the, for the deer being down in there, but it's just a bad thing for me trying to climb a tree is it was all like honey locust trees, mm-hmm. you know, with like six inch spikes on them. Yep. So I'm like, man, I don't know where I want to be. So I'm like, look, I'm just standing in the, this bottom, looking around, looking around and right up. 
on the field edge, like up against the thick stuff. I'm like, there's a tree that I think I can get up in and then I can see down the field. I can see if something's running down like the, the, the field edge, maybe I can catch some movement in the bottom, but I'm like, this is a place that I, I would like to be, you know? And so like, I literally sat my pack down. I stand up. And I'm like looking at the tree, trying to figure out where to set my first stick and like how I'm going to ascend. Cause they had a bunch of branches and stuff. And I look out in the field and there's a doe out in the field. So I pull up my binoculars and then that bucks behind her. Oh, geez. and I was like, so I'm like, I like literally like with our Patreon group, there's like Marco Polo. Like it's like, I just call it Snapchat for adults. Right. <laughs> so like, I'm like, holy shit. And, and like, you know, I was jacked. Cause I was like, oh man, there's a big buck. Like, you know, nice, nice buck. Like a freaking. I'm like, I don't know what I'm like, I've never been in this situation before. Like how I don't, far, this how is far not away me. are you thinking? Uh, so at that point, he's probably like 200 yards away. Mm. Um, but he's, then, he's between you, you're between him and the cover essentially. Yeah. And they're walking my way. Oh, I mean, they're geez. doing like just what I thought, what I wanted. So I, there's this one cedar tree, like big, like probably, you know, eight feet in diameter yep. cedar tree, like a short one, like just one tree there. So I'm like, shit, you know, I don't know what to do. So I, I bought, because I went to Kansas, I bought one of those pop-up Montana decoys. So I like put the Montana decoy up. Well, I think I was just, I was like literally just standing there right next to the thing and I'm glass and I can't see them because they're like on the other side of the, you know, the, rise in the field then all of a sudden the doe pops up and they were 135 yards away and i'm like okay so i popped the decoy up real quick and i have a uh i should have turned on my 360 camera i just had a tacticam on my bow and i put the tacticam i've shot enough with the tacticam to know that like the riser mount is terrible because mm -hmm. your bow falls away so i had a 3d printed mount that goes up by the upper limb pocket mm -hmm. so even if it falls away you get a little bit more time and even if you fall away you can catch it and come back yep. into the thing so i clicked that on as soon as i like just ma i made a decision what i was going to do i clicked that on so so that video is six minutes long but from oh my soup soup to nuts um so i set my bow down i popped the decoy up I moved it over like one deer body length over, uh, pop it up. I'm on my knees behind that cedar tree. I scratch the ground like, and I hit the grunt call one time, just mm. And then I moved over so that I was like halfway behind the cedar tree. And uh, I'm just sitting there waiting. I think it, I think on the timestamp on the videos, like 45 seconds. And I like do the like side move yep. over and there he is. He's, <laughs> oh he's coming, gosh. you know? So then I kind of got to shuffle over one more time. And it, now it's like, now it's like an outcome. Cause I'm like, I don't know when I can draw, you know, but I'm mm -hmm. like, I also don't want to get run over. Mm -hmm. So I draw my bow back, I anchor and I'm notorious uh, for like, being like quick drama girl like i'm not not like uh like in the like my uh, the riser on my bow says relax like i don't like it's uh, it's a known thing it's a, mm -hmm. it's a known issue you know but i draw back i settle a pin i shoot 
and the arrow just goes into oblivion, just gone. And I'm like, uh, what? What? And how far away? Shot. How far away is he when you shoot? Uh, I, th- I, where the dirt is kicked up from where I shot him was 19 yards. Oh my! So you're okay. So you see this deer at 130 yards in 45 <laughs> seconds. He's at 20 yards, and you have a cedar tree. So like, he like when you made your little grunt sequence, whatever. You, he like instantly picked up on that and then he sees the decoy and he's like locked on the decoy so that cedar tree was like you're kind of like i'm gonna quick do this behind the cedar tree pop it out there and then wait and then he clears the yep. cedar. you like just had time to do all this mm-hmm. and then yep. you're shooting 45 seconds later and your arrow's just like see ya like yeah going it's to just Mars. gone just gone never found it as a matter of fact oh my gosh um, so i'm like shit so I, I lean over to the right. I duck down behind the decoy, and he doesn't move. He has no idea, like what. Ha- he actually looked behind him to see, like what, what was by him. Yeah, what yeah. was like. <laughs> so, so I grab another arrow out of my quiver, and this is the freaking second time that I do this. So if you guys take anything away from this, do not, do not put a field point in your quiver. Put a crappy broadhead, it as that arrow. Because I pull out another arrow and it's a freaking field point. So I like literally just throw that because I was like, holy shit. Because I mean, <laughs> I follow up shot a turkey with a bra- with a field point because I just grabbed an arrow quick and shot. Mm-hmm. I got the turkey. So it wasn't like all for naught, but I should have learned then. I did learn now. So <laughs> put on the uh, other arrow with a broadhead. I get drawn back and pop up settle my pin and i shoot him like quartering two right behind the front shoulder yeah and he does the whole mule kick and just tears ass off but i didn't get a pass through and so i see that there's you know eight inches of arrow sticking out and so i'm like and i'm shooting you know i'm shooting 70 pounds this i mean i understand it was like a quarter two shot but i'm shooting 70 pounds i'm shooting um you know my arrows are like i think they're like 540 grains 530 grains something like that and it's a single bevel with bleeders you know so i i felt like i should have got a pass through but that's yep. a lot of animal too but like at that point and you know i i think I, i'm like trying to follow him with like the little camera on the boat and everything but like i just stand up like i just like like I like I just kicked a field goal. <laughs> at that point, like you yeah. know, you've seen them do it on whitetail adrenaline. You've seen Zach do it. You've seen him do it. Yeah, you know, they always stand up there. Like, oh my god! But I'm like, I didn't like the, I did not like the arrow sticking out. You know, I felt like that should have been better. So, so you felt like you only had eight inches of penetration or eight inches no. of arrow was sticking out. Oh, okay. no, just eight inches of the arrow was sticking out. Got there was a yeah. lot. Of, I knew lot there was of, a lot. Of you arrow. got a lot. There's yeah, a lot of arrow. And the angle, like it, it was, it was pretty broadside, but he was like, he was like kind of doing the like sidestep to the yep. decoy, you know? Mm. So he was kind of like <laughs> angling to me. It was, I mean, oh, man. <laughs> but this is like, this is day two in Kansas. I had 11 days. Like I said, this is yeah. like, and it, it's just like, it, 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 I just say it got really Western, really fast, mm-hmm. like, like real Kansas all of a sudden. So then I'm like, oh my God, like, I don't know what to do. So I'm like, I, I like call my father-in-law, I have like a half hour conversation with him. Cause I'm like, oh man, I don't know what's going on. I call my buddy. 
you know, I'm polo and the guys will like, I don't, I don't know. I don't Snapchat, but I'd imagine it's the same thing. Like, so like I told them, well, I'm like, well, I just stuck them. I don't know what happened. And then I just shut the thing off. Well, then these guys are talking amongst themselves. So I can't even get back in there to tell them like any updates. Cause they're just freaking, Oh my God, I don't know what's <laughs> going on. Like super cool interaction, you know, real, real cool. But so I go over there, like I find the little scrapings where I'm pretty sure, but there's no blood there, you know, and I got a single bevel. I'm shooting kind of uphill mm-hmm. and I don't get a pasture. I just got one hole and I go, I find where the deer went down into the, the creek, like into the bottom with the, uh, you know, all the big thorny bushes you know there and uh i find like a chunk of meat you know that was the first thing that i found and i was like that's not good you know like just you know like i said earlier like unless you see him drop mm-hmm. or like you have the arrow like completely like covered in blood all bubbles you know you know here i just you know this does this doesn't happen to me like this is not mm-hmm. this is, mm-hmm. you know i never shot a deer from the ground before i never and what's funny is like later on like the guy people will ask me like you know so how'd that decoy like what's the setup i'm like i set it up in my kitchen and i set it up and killed a deer like i'm not the i mean i guess i have pretty good odds but yeah i mean like if the deer sees it you can kill them it's super easy yeah Um, decoys are great (laughs) yeah (laughs) so so i called the dudes that i was staying with and they weren't very far so they're like well what do you want to do so i tracked it like maybe like 80 yards like from where I shot him to like where I got down into the bottom where there was like blood and I couldn't find any more blood. I was like, it just wasn't, I don't know. And I was like, so down on myself. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. Oh man. Like, cause I was finding little crappy blood. And I was like, this is, this sucks. You know, very, very disheartening. So I called those guys and they're like, yeah, we'll meet you up there. And I'm like, that's a track for me. So I got all my stuff that I don't need. So I'm like, I'm going to go drop all my stuff at the truck and then I'll just meet you guys. So I, we got there about the same time. And then they're like, do you want us to bring the deer cart? Do you want us to do all this? And I'm like, I'm not doing any of that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I didn't even bring a knife. I was bad like, we're low. not, bad we're low not doing, doing any of this, you know? <laughs> um, and, and I was, I was honestly, like there was so, there was a lot of arrow in the deer, but I just didn't, you know, it just wasn't cool. So what was your and initial then, reaction like when you see arrow hit deer were you like ooh not what i was expecting or were you ooh, like yeah perfect perfect yeah okay i, I was had like, that same thing having my second buck bring to 14 yard shot i was in my gun blind that's like six feet off the ground only and i was like i heart shot him i heart shot him and then it just became a rodeo after that and you know, had to find him the next morning. You know, I've done a podcast on it, but like and I did hit I hit him in the heart, but like rutted up bucks are just weird. And I called him across the field, so like he's jacked up ready to kick some butt. And but my initial reaction was great shot, but then everything after that was just like ah I, I was just like so flabbergasted, like like that that doesn't work in Michigan. Like there's Correct. no way, there's nowhere else on earth that that works. Maybe Iowa, like there's no way, mm-hmm. like and especially not like by fumbling around out there, you know, shoot it, shoot at him twice. Like, yeah, knock a, bro- like knock a field point, you idiot. Like, yeah. Whip the like, arrow. <laughs> yeah. Like none, <laughs> none of that like works in real life. 
Yeah. You know, so then, you know, then, then you just go down like, oh yeah, well I screwed it up again, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so we walk out there and like where I was looking the, and and in hindsight, like uh, the blood was coming out of the right side, all the blood was on the right side. And then when I got to the bottom and I couldn't find any more blood, I was veering to the right, which was mm-hmm. right back to where I was sitting. So that was like, a, uh, like that was just my mistake. Yeah. So those guys came down two more sets of eyeballs and they're like, Oh, we got blood here. And then we just followed it pretty easily through the drainage up. And we had to have walked like, right. We, I, can't, I don't think we kicked the deer out of there when we walked in. I think we were just talking and blah, blah, blah. Cause we had to walk through a little section of that cut corn, like right by that. I mean, he went basically right underneath where I was telling you there was like a scrape without a scrape. Like the blood went right by there and it went right across that cornfield and everything. And like where we dumped in to get up to there, we were 50 yards from the deer when we walked in there. And so we followed the blood, followed the blood and it just was got better and better and better and better. And then they're like, Oh, there's your arrow. And then you look up and then there's a deer right there. Oh man. Just, you know, deader than a stone. Yeah. It wasn't like he was, I mean, he was, you know, what this is, this is maybe an hour later, hour and a half later. Oh, so, so. yeah, he was cooked. Like, yeah, it great. wasn't. Oh yeah. man. And you get to enjoy with your body. Like, you know, the guys up there and doing that. And yeah, yeah. And, I mean, there's something cool about finding the deer yourself, but I mean, when you got some guys with you on a hunting trip, like in that, you know, you're the roller coaster is, you know, the vent is not feeling so good. And then, oh, here's some blood. And then, well, then boom, there he is. Oh, man, that's, it's like euphoric almost, you know, like you're just like you're with, you're enjoying it. And, yeah. Uh, but, it, but also, like, why is that? That if you don't see that deer go down, you can initially have that gut reaction, man, a great shot. It's like you get burned one time, like one time you're like, man, I made a great shot. You're like confident. You don't find the deer. It's like it's ruined you for the rest of your life. You know, oh, yeah. and then because I th- if I think back of the deer that I haven't found or, you know, deer I've, you know, found later dead, I would say 90% of those shots, like if I really, really was like honest with myself, I would be like, yeah, not the greatest shot. Like, I feel like I made a good shot, but I don't know 100%. But then all the deer in my wall, all the deer I've killed, like, it's like, yes, like gut reaction, like that's, that's the shot. That was what needed to happen. But like one time you get burned and the rest of your life, you're like, didn't see him fall. My arrow deflected, my arrow broken half, you know, all these things go through your mind. Like there's not the blood I want to see. And yeah, but then there he is, dead yeah. as a doornail. And <laughs> you know, it's weird. Cause I have like a strange, like, I don't know, feeling about the, the hunt. Like it was super cool. But like you, you know, like I feel like it's supposed to be like hard, like it's supposed to be really hard. And that just seemed like the universe was like, and then it was like, oh, here you go. Like, no problem. And then (laughs) on top of that is like, and, and I don't know, like I'm, I'm probably like a bad example a bad person i'm bad steward of hunting in that like that deer is like oh it's a great deer and you see the other deer up here like the one in the over in the corner that's john's from ohio but like like oh that deer's that's a nice deer like what happened you know what's the story like i'm the guy that says like 
Kansas. Oh yeah. Kansas. Like, you know, <laughs> there's one behind every tree and it's, yeah. you know, you know, Oh, that's a little deer for Kansas. Like anybody can shoot those. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, it's, I just feel like, I don't know. Like, I think deep down in my heart, like, like, to kill a big deer in Michigan, like on public land or like whatever, I feel like is like the pinnacle. And, you know, I haven't hunted like, you know, so same thing could be like for PA or, yeah. you know, somewhere like not known. I mean, and you, I think about it like, you know, Michigan is almost like scoffed at, looked down upon, um, all those things. So like when you do it, you know, I, and I've, I haven't killed, I've killed, couple like 110 inch bucks here in michigan but nothing you know a couple three-year-old michigan bucks but you know on public land on really really hunted uh heavily hunted properties Mm. you know and when you know i think on both of those deer like we walked out and people like saw us bringing those deer off of the property and they were like yeah like that's you know not not to like you know build myself up but i think that that's like you're not you trying there, to you're always hoping for that you're always hoping for that but you like never like know or you're like ah you know i'm never gonna shoot mm-hmm. one out here everybody shoots them you know they shoot mm-hmm. all the little ones and all this stuff and um yeah, you're not cool. trying to like do the deer disservice or you're not like i don't i'm not getting that from you but you're like man like this shouldn't have happened it was kind of like oh. you're saying like this shouldn't have happened but also yeah. Like I've hunted out of state. I've done this for a lot of years, you know, like it's different. Like I don't like that. And I have only shot two out of state deer. Like, you know, I haven't shot a lot of out of state deer. I've passed a lot of crazy deer. And, you know, I think I wounded one one time when I was you know, one of the first years we went, but I mean, it's like, like you said, you can grunt. Like I called, I called this giant 10 point. He was like, I think the guy shot him with a gun the next day. Cause we hunted the last day before gun season in Missouri. It was a semi-guided thing. And I was like sick of hunting where his spots were. He he had told us we could hunt wherever we wanted. So like the last second last day, I'm like, hey, like is that true? Because I'm not really. I I feel like you're missing a spot. And he's like, yeah, sure. If you want to go sit over there, go over there. So I went over there, and there's this cut bean field, and this buck steps out at like 300 yards, and I just you know I'm like, well, I got nothing to lose. Rip on the rattle and antlers, rip a grunt, turns on a dime 300 yards away, and marches all the way across this wide open field gets 80 yards from me and if i would have had decoy i probably would have shot him but like he comes out and was like just looked around and then kind of hopped down in this ditch and then went off into the side of the hill and i was like okay i didn't spook him because that's crazy he's still around went back to the same spot in the morning called him in again that morning he got like 60 yards from me just didn't get close enough and i was like dude this is nuts like i've never seen a buck so i told the guy about like dude this deer's giant the 10 points close to 160 and he didn't believe me. And I was like, here's a video. Like, you can see him. So what happens next day, Hunt Gunners come in there, sets the guy there, boom, smokes the thing. It's like 158 or something. Like, that just doesn't, like, so, like, that's why when you a Michigan guy like us goes out of state and you you do get this opportunity, like, well, it's easier. But, like, it still isn't. Like, you still have to be very smart. You still have to play the wind. You still have to do some of those things. You just get more opportunities, I think, because there's more of them out there. But yeah, it does like I've shot a couple bucks in Iowa and it's like, yeah, they're awesome, amazing bucks, you know, full like five or six year old deer. Like it's awesome. But like I'm European mounting them, you know, because to me it's like, yeah, that deer's awesome. It's one of the biggest bucks I've shot. But like 
you know, this little eight pointer I got over here, like the first nice eight point I shot means way more to me because of the circumstances and that. So I think that's kind of like ties into listening to you talk. It ties into like your approach to, you know, hunting public land or taking the trap ball with a gun. Like you're, you're chasing that. And dude, if you shoot 130 inch deer in public land on November 15th with a trap bow, like, you probably are the guy that would not tell anyone but your closest friends, and you'd be totally cool with it if you had to. Obviously, our podcast, you'll talk about it, but you're doing it for that whole heart, like that whole holistic kind of approach, maybe. And that's why we love what we're doing. Like, that's the passion there. I don't know. Like, you know, I, I, back before I had a podcast or any of that stuff, like people would be like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, what season is it? What's your favorite season? It's like bow season, like, not yeah. like spring fall winter like bow season mm. like like you give me an october early october day like it's a terrible time for like killing a big buck but like early october saturday like cold in the morning sunny in like you know sun's really beating down like that's bow hunting and college football to me like that yep. is like uh, uh, it's like burned into my soul like whatever like uh, who i am like that's how i f- that's how i feel on that day like if i'm out raking leaves i'm like man i should be in a yep boast like you know <laughs> like it yep. doesn't matter if it's a like i said a crappy hunting day like i would i would just as soon you know be out somewhere in a deer stand and it's it's weird because it's never like you know up until like learn learning how to hunt like learning what deer do like and just be like oh it's a good day like to go sit in a stand and see nothing or screw something up or whatever Mm -hmm. you know i'm taking a little bit more of a more direct approach of like okay but i i I guess the same thing is like I, i feel the same way like about like not having cameras like i think you know everybody kind of talks about that first sit in a spot like you know that's when you have your best opportunity or whatever but like it, it, and I, and we talk about that out of state thing right about how you know maybe I'm more successful out of state but you're is a whole nother thing because you're surprised right and that is the fun like the and and not only that but like the validation right like i was right you mm-hmm. know without a camera without anything like you went in you read the sign you got up a tree and even if it's like a dink buck or like you know whatever you were see where deer. the deer were yeah you, you know? see like, a deer out of state the, you're like yeah i was right validation mm-hmm. you know and then when you see a buck like whether it's a like looked at you know second sit in kansas where I was like cursing the spot. And then all of a sudden there's bucks running around and does running around. I'm like, okay, like maybe, maybe I do know, maybe this, maybe I am kind of figuring it out, you know? And and I think that feeling is, you know, just as good or almost as good because my buddy and I have had this conversation and he's a, you know, he will, tell you like he likes to shoot big deer and he does but he likes to kill deer so it ends up being like if if we if we're getting like close to gun season like if we're like in the rut or like through the rut 
he's just going to tag out. Like it's mm. going to be like, oh, you know, I just couldn't pass it up. But we've had the discussion before, like once that deer's on the ground and like uh, this, that oh, that buck right there, I uh, I shot that buck and nobody was around. Um, John had just got back from Montana. Um, Frank and Ernie were, had left for like a camping trip or something. And then that was it. Like I shot the deer and I made the phone calls and did all the stuff, but like I got to the deer and I was like, there's nobody to share it with. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's kind of over. Like, I mean, you probably had that same feeling. Like the, the fun part I feel like is the chase. It's not like the killing and, you know, we know that as, as hunters, but you know, I don't think people really believe you, you know, Correct. they're like, Oh, but, and, and I guess that kind of goes back to like the, the turkey hunting with a bow thing, right? Like I can screw up a hundred turkeys, um, but I still get to go out tomorrow and, and have that cat and mouse game and mm-hmm. call back and forth. Um, but if you shoot one the first day with a shotgun, your season's over. Like, yeah, it's cool. Like, look what I got, but you know, you're not, you're not out there getting rattled by gobbles that are behind you or like wherever you're not, you know, chasing these ghosts or whatever. And so I think that's a whole nother part of like that, the feeling of like being a bow hunter or whatever. Absolutely. That's the passion. That's the deep rootedness of it. And maybe us as hunters don't do the, you know, I think guys are getting better at explaining that passion and like the backstory to just like, instead of just seeing a picture on social media of a big buck you kill or a doe you kill or whatever, you know, we, you know, the, the desire and all that stuff is to keep this thing going. Like, you know, that's why we're doing like, you want to do your part to keep hunting going for your kids. Like your daughter got her first deer this year. That's awesome. And, you know, I, I like to, I would, but that's also like the double-edged sword. Like I don't want more people hunting really because that's more less opportunities for me. But then if you hold a gun to my head and say, do you want more new hunters or not? I would say, yes, I want more, more new hunters because that will mean that my kids can keep hunting down the road or my, you know, generations can keep doing, it. I don't want to be so selfish that I only care about my, my time and space, but yeah, it's a, there's a whole, yeah. Until you live it, like you said, this is your life. Like this is a lifestyle. I've, I've been surrounded by hunters. Like my family is hunters. Like it was never a question that I was going to be a hunter. I'm, I'm a hunter, you know, and, uh, I've embraced it and love it. And it's a lifestyle and you set your life up for it. But there's a lot of things that go into that, that behind the scenes. And, you know, when you bring new people in, it's like the journey you're trying to talk about and do all that. And it's fun. It's fun doing that. But I do kind of, I'm the new hunter and kind of like, transition this a little bit before we wrap it up you're really into gear like i don't want to say you're gear snob but you have you know your kind of approach has been like you want to help as many people as you can you know through your patreons or through your you know your connections so like you you've tried a lot of different saddles you've tried a lot of different climbing stuff you've had i don't know if you've had every stick out there but you've probably touched every stick out there um so i was kind of wanting to wrap this up because we're kind of the middle of show season and all that stuff about maybe like what you would recommend guys do. I mean, I kind of have my approach. I mean, I'm one of those guys. I don't mind buying nice stuff, but also like, for example, I saved up and I went from like lone wolf, the original lone wolf, you know, big full length stick with the three steps 
And then I saved my money up and I bought Beast Gear sticks because I did a bunch of research and I was like, you know what? Everyone's got nothing but good things to say about these things. I'm just buying them. And that's been the only stick I've had for seven years or six years or whatever it's been. But, uh, you know, you kind of tried a lot of different things. So you have a lot more like when guys ask me, what do you recommend? I'm like, Beast sticks because that's all I've used. You know, they've been great. And, you know, I've always bought used saddles. Like, I've never bought a new saddle, and I've kept it to one brand. So, like, I've only had two saddles in, you know, seven or eight years. So, I don't really have a wide variety of that. So, I kind of want to pick your brain or maybe if you got some, like, words of wisdom for guys of, you know, budget or if you want to do the approach or cry once, buy once kind of a thing. And yeah, I kind of see where this goes. Well, so I always just ask people, like, my first question is, like, what's your budget and what's your hunting style? Okay. So when people say I, I have like a small budget, I don't want to, you know, spend a lot of money. Then we got to say, okay, what do you already have? Like, what do you need? Um, and then the hunting style is like, if you hunt, um, private land, if you hunt 140 and you're going to be, you know, you're taking your four wheeler e-bike out there and, you know, you're, you can set some presets and you just need, you know, something not as extravagant, you know, it might, it might look cool. It might sound cool. You might impress somebody on the saddle hunter forum or whatever. Um, that all might be all well and good, but you don't necessarily need that. Um, I guess like from, uh, a gear standpoint, like straight away, I sticks and platform. I look at the B sticks and the predator platform as the standard by which I measure everything else. Okay. So in that, I say if someone comes out with a new product, like let's say like the latitude sticks. Okay. What do they offer that the B sticks don't like what void do they fill? Okay. So if we're talking about those, we'll say, okay, well, um, you don't have to put them together. They're mm -hmm. not made of metal. They have a different attachment method. Okay. And if you're a weight guy, they're lighter. Okay. We can do the exact same thing. And I'm, you know, I'm, a latitude guy so i'm just using that as an example mm -hmm. but if we wanted to use the the new trophy line hyperlight sticks okay we've got same thing versus a b stick um they're they're lighter they are made of metal um i don't think you're gonna have to assemble them but they are there is a bolt there that that holds this standoff together um and they do have a different attachment method okay mm -hmm. um so those are things, you know, tethered ones. You've got attachment method, lighter. Now you do, I think on every single one of those are shorter than a B stick. So a B stick is going to be longer. Um, and, that, and then we're, we're, we're talking in that space as zero moving parts. So some people want to be as compact as possible. Mm -hmm. I'm a no moving parts type guy. So, you know, uh, the hunt arsenal sticks, you know, they stack up to, to nothing, uh, but they have uh, telescoping pins that I 
could see creaking and making noise, um, getting frozen, um, you know, just, I feel like anything that can happen to moving parts will happen at mm -hmm. some point. Uh, but some people want to pack up, you know, super compact and that's, that's their thing. So you got to kind of look at that, you know, from <clears throat> a budget, no moving part standpoint, like trophy lines, um, like the sticks they have that are the double steps made by Novix, they don't stack up really well. I don't, I don't like sticks that stack out and vertically. So they have the same stacking profile up and down as the B sticks do, but they're, they st they end up stacking longer because they stack below one another. Yep. You could fix the, uh, and I've talked to Sean about this. And when they came out with them, I talked to Sean about it and said, you know, you could, you could easily flip that around and, you know, you could do it. You could drill, drill them out yourself to make them yeah. uh, stack just like the B sticks. Now you're giving up a little bit of weight there, but the cost is there. The Skeletor sticks are pretty good. Um, if, if you like moving parts, the attachment method is good. You know, it's a upgraded leverage stick from, from back in the day. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you're on a super tight budget, um, I would almost look for like a used set of like an older set of Hawk Heliums because the quality control is kind of here or there. Uh, but that's the way that I look at it, but that's yeah. the way that I approach it. So same thing with the platforms, like, you know, I hunted off of the artisan outdoors top stick platform off a of muddy pro um and then off of a b stick for you know the better part of two years um because i don't like setting stuff up and then it went to the trophy line wingman um i had it off of that and this year is really the first year that i ever like embraced the platform um just because i got a hunt off a of latitude uh platform and um but their x-wing is a different shape um, you know, weight is going to be here, there, but like these guys that want this big giant platform is completely unnecessary for regular saddle hunting. And, uh, you know, how many deer is Johnny Eberhardt killed off a ring of steps where yeah. he does not far or some pegs. <laughs> yeah. And so now all of that is being kind of like shifted. And I mean, I told you before, like I've got one of the XOP retrograde stands looking at me right now and I've got, a um, Windwalker lock on limit yeah. one of the one of the really small aluminum um stands uh but for me talking to some of the people and like putting myself in the situations um with a trad bow hunting with a 60 inch bow um off of a little platform is a whole another story because i can't hold that bow back and i gotta mm -hmm. do a little bit more moving around um and i know there's plenty of guys that do it don't get me wrong I, i'm just not one of them um so that's something that i'm diving into and and kind of looking at but i think um from that standpoint if we were talking about a little stand we would be talking about like the 0.5 is going to be the standard um and then we're going to say okay what does everything go and mm -hmm. maybe that's just simply price with the the xop or um you know maybe you want to do a millennium but that's a whole nother ball yeah. of wax there um like stepping back you know hearing you talk about this like you just listed a lot of stuff you know like and i think that's really good that means that means like i don't want people to get like oh my gosh there's so much out there i don't know what to do like you just listed off enough stuff that if you went that direction you're going to be safe you know i mean maybe hawk you gotta be a little careful i mean there's been some oh, yeah, yeah but you know there is problems with stuff i mean it does have but for the most part 
if you do your research and go through, there's a lot of good stuff. And like, like I said, you, you go to shows and you see a lot of these things and you're very up and then, you know, seeing what comes out for the year and stuff. So hearing that, it's like, okay. Cause like, you know, like I said, I've been rocking those V sticks and I, they're a great stick, but you know, there are some shortcomings with that stick. Like I have a daisy chain, you know, I don't have straps on there. I do that. I, you know, I have to have a backpack that's just set up right because they are kind of big once you get them all put together and it's like you see a buddy bought the uh, latitude sticks and they aren't super nice i mean they stack flat they're strong i mean i'm a big guy i hopped on those things and never once did i feel like i wasn't going to be safe you know already have ropes you don't have to buy ropes separate so i think if you kind of go through it and you know like you're saying break it down by budget i like that like that same kind of concept guys talk about the bow right or a rifle like you should buy your scope first and then fit the rifle into the scope. Or you can say, Hey, my budget's here for the bow, but put really good sight, really good release, you know, those kind of things. And same thing goes with mobile hunting, right? I mean, you want to have a comfortable saddle. And then what do you have left after that? You got money for sticks in a, in a stand or a platform, break it down. And, you know, I think, uh, it's funny cause I have B sticks and the tethered, uh, regular predator is what i've used the whole time just because that's just where mm-hmm. i went and uh yeah been great stuff but also i know there's probably better out there just you gotta you gotta know what you want what you want out of it right well but i think like you need i mean right so we have had uh you know the tethered one sticks we have the um latitude carbon sticks and we have the I mean, I guess if if you want to have the argument about like what's real carbon, like the timber ninjas, but they have like a a, a polymer step that flexes a little bit. Um, but Jason will tell you that those are real carbon, and mm-hmm. the, the latitude sticks aren't real carbon. Like it's it's a it's a thing. Um, and then you got Trophy Line Hyperlite with that Magnite, and like so, if you can't, I, there's only a handful of people if you're not going to these shows that can get their hands on those um but you might be able to find yourself uh an expedition uh x-light and so that bow has that same material in the riser and when you pick it up like at tack um last year they had them there um and they'll i'm sure they'll have them this year uh but when you pick it up, it's it's kind of like an eye-opening thing. You're like, oh, my mm. God. It's kind of like the, the first time touching the latitude sticks or like yeah. um, the tethered ones. Like the first time you pick them up, you're like, oh, my God, there's nothing. Yeah. Um, but, dude, I grabbed the car. I grabbed the latitude stick and my buddy bought them. And I took them out of his truck. And I was like, dude, I have to throw this on a tree right now. Like, I can't. It just didn't make sense. Like, and then once you, like, put it on the tree, see how it's attached and you like actually like digest it or like marinate what you're holding. It's like, Oh, it makes complete sense. Like, okay, I get it. Like, great. Awesome. Home run, you know, kind of a thing. You know, I don't like to use the word game changer. Cause I mean, it's still a stick that you stick to the tree and you try to get up to your platform, but really cool. So yeah, there's, and you know, I think that's something that they did well. And, but like using those old, not, I don't know how old they were. I bought like the, the lone wolf alpha with the four sticks dude i used to climb up trees all the time with that and if you compare that setup to what i'm now light years ahead of that light years you know so i mean anything you can do to upgrade i think for a guy that's looking give it a shot and i mean you can you like start with maybe like a budget stick and then use it for a few years sell it 
use that to fund another one or maybe give it to a buddy or, you know, you can spread this out over time. It doesn't have to be like, oh my gosh, you got to drop all this money right now this month. Well, and I think that, you know, we, we, you and I, you, you now, um, are part of the problem, right? Because, but you know, we get this stuff and we are checking it out. So, so that I can, you know, when I'm asked rattle off all that stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. and, but when you do that, you're making it sound like, man, the B sticks are junk. Now I got to have the latitude ones. And and it's just not true. Like you're, 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 you're running like the standard You're You've got the, 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 you know, 350 Chevy with a turbo 350 (laughs) or like a LS 700 R4. You've got like a bulletproof setup, but you know, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, some of this stuff is, you know, a little bit cooler, you know, that, have you seen the, you know, those new Toyotas are really nice. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, that Raptor's (laughs) pretty cool. Like maybe Mm -hmm. I need to, you know, and that's just the way that it is. You know, we're, we're, we're talking about this stuff. Um, but it's the same thing as like, everybody shoots a 140. Everybody's got the grip and grin. Like you don't see the dinks because people don't post those, you know, it's, we're just so inundated like when we with the way that these algorithms work and all this stuff like we end up in an echo chamber you know so we think that everybody's arguing about like dan stand and the b stand or like the b stand and the oh, yeah. but like nobody if you go to like one of these big shows like the regular world doesn't know anything about it they don't even know that those two people exist let alone that those products exist yep <laughs> So yeah, we're, we're a crazy group of people, uh, you know, we got to make drama and do that. Yeah. You know, well, I think actually the new thing is everyone shoots a booner. Like that's yeah. like the, I, I don't know where I saw that, but it's like, people are numb to that. And it's like, man, do you guys realize what it takes to grow a booner crocket deer? Like it's unreal. Like it's, yeah, maybe it seems like everyone's shooting one, but like, it's not the case. Like, I mean, I've had trail cameras running for long time in Michigan and I've only ever had for sure two that I've ever seen that I've known were that size. And I mean, good deer hunting areas in Michigan. So like Iowa, like got an amazing property. There's not that many booners running around on that. Like they're there, like, don't get me wrong. You know, all these other States, but like the numbness to, to it, it's like, take a step back guys, like take a step back. Like let's appreciate someone who did go out there and shot this great three and a half year old buck. That's 125. Remember when you shot that 125 for the first time, you know, I mean, you know, there's, it's a journey. Everyone's going through it. Like, so like, that's not, I don't know. I just don't like taking credit away from someone who did that. Like you, yeah, there's the, we always have those guys on social media. It's like, why did you post that? You know, like, I can't believe that's what you chose. But then when someone's out there, like, really happy for what they did and it could be a dink but that's a problem no one does that anymore because you know you get the harassment or whatever it may be but it's like man that's awesome deer like that i'll never be the guy that's like man dude i can't believe you did that it's only a three and a half year old or only a two and a half year old like if you're if you're excited for it and you didn't tell me that you're trying to if you if you tell me all year i'm i'm shooting a three-year-old or i'm gonna wait for a 140 or whatever then you shoot a hundred inch deer like i might razz you a little bit but as long as you're pumped up i'll be pumped up I'll tell you what I shot. Um, it was 2019. Uh, I shot my first deer on camera, and it was a spike with a 
brow tines it was silly look looking little deer um <laughs> super spike <laughs> and um but i shot it on video and i said all year like i was gonna shoot the first deer that i got a chance to and i didn't really want to shoot a spike but i might um because i never we never killed anything on on camera and we've been you know for like two years carrying video cameras all that stuff and we killed deer we just that was the day we didn't bring the cameras mm -hmm. we didn't set the camera up we didn't do any of the stuff and so here was the opportunity to shoot a deer at 25 yards with a camera going and i was like send it and i shot that deer it was my first deer out of a saddle it was the first deer uh that i killed on film and i posted the pictures and i got like so much like praise for doing that because it's like oh you have a podcast and you're posting pictures of like shooting little deer like nobody does that like thank you mm -hmm. you know and like that wasn't my that was not my point like i wasn't like oh i want to get you know everybody to like build me up for shooting this little deer everybody but likes like, me <laughs> yeah but it was like you know we carried this equipment around for so long and we never killed anything on video and it's like how can i ask like john or like frank to be like you know you need a video of these things and then i'm gonna have an opportunity to shoot a deer and on camera mm -hmm. and i don't just because like it wasn't big enough for everybody else like no like mm -hmm. you know what i uh you know it's the whole like uh you know moped thing like it's fun shooting deer like mm -hmm. like <laughs> <laughs> it is and i you know i'm part of that problem the other way i mean i've passed so many deer and like i've kind of got to the point now where i've passed four and a half year old deer in michigan like am i freaking crazy yes but like i'm also blessed so like i got good neighbors it's private property you know it's all circumstantial for that but like that's my like that's my thing like you know that's what i choose to do and i get a kick out of that um yeah i haven't shot a ton of deer i've shot a good amount of deer and i've got good areas but you know that's my thing and yeah of course i want everyone else in michigan to pass three and a half year old deer and four and a half year deer so we have a bunch of mature bucks running around that'd be fantastic and you know i do think that even if one person you know listens to this and is like you know what i'm on the fence that i've been thinking about it i would encourage you to do it because like to me i still wake up the next morning even though i Went, I didn't shoot buck last year and I woke up January 2nd and I was still Nate Roosevelt and I was okay. You know, like at the end of the day I lived, you know, but, uh, that's, I mean, I'll advocate for that. But if, if you're, it's gotta be, you've already gotta be like thinking about that. Don't do it because someone else is telling you to do it. That's like your journey. And, um, I will, you know, help someone get on a two and a half year old or their first buck. Like I'll do, I'll do it all. I mean, if anyone, if any of my buddies call me up and say, dude, I just, I had a buddy this year, he shot his first buck with his compound. You know, he's used a crossbow to shoot deer, use gun. He's like, this year I'm using my compound. You know, he shot a doe, shot a buck, and I was there for that. And, like, going through the – it was a great deer, you know. And, like, dude, I that was a wonderful night. Like, that was awesome, you know. Like, no, it was not a 150-inch deer. No, it wasn't a five-and-a-half-year-old deer. But it was his first buck with a compound. He did everything right, man. Like, tuning his arrows before season, learning how to, you know, get his sight set up and – do all those things and shoot the right arrow and like go through the system with them dude like awesome just fantastic i love it and uh yeah maybe five years from now if he keeps dusting deer like i'll be like hey man maybe you should try shooting one a little older if you want but if he's like nah i'm totally content with this 
good for you, dude. Like rock on. Now don't complain to me that there's no big bucks in Michigan when you're the one shooting them. Like that's where I kind of, you know, fall into that, 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 uh, that side of it. But, uh, I think that's kind of, I mean, it's kind of admirable that you're like, Hey, I'm trying to do this. And you, the first deer you get, you, you said that you're doing and you did it. And like, you knew full and well, what, how that could have went. Like you knew mm-hmm. what was at stake possibly. And yeah, mate, it didn't happen that way, which is great, but you still stuck to your guns and your goals and you, you, you handle it. I think that's what's, that's why I like you because you, you're like, this is what I'm doing. And like, you just do it, you know, like I'm working with these companies, but I also like, I'm not going to work with anyone who doesn't help support my Patreons or doesn't give back. Like you're very adamant on that. And like, you've stuck to that for this whole time. So, I mean, that's, it's good stuff. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, is I've been, having these conversations and trying to you know get my buddies to come hunt because i am so passionate about it like i love bow hunting and like i love sharing that like you said like walking up on that deer doing all of that stuff like celebrating like all of that and i've been doing that since you know before i had a pot to piss in but i always had extra hunting gear So I was like, you know, whatever you guys need, like, if you want to come hunting, if you want to come bow hunting, like Mm. we got extra bows, we got extra, you know, stands, we got extra climbers, we got, you know, whatever you need, like, let's go, let's go hunt, man. And, you know, I've got a couple of good buddies that have are lifelong hunters now. And like, I've, I mean, I got other friends that got on their first deer and killed their first deer with a bow and all that stuff. And like, I mean, that's what I'm trying to do. Hmm. Not it's, it's the, the last, like, you know, we talked a lot before the podcast, but this is not about me or my ego or mm-hmm. my legacy or my hunting prowess. God. Yeah, no, it's not it, but, <laughs> but I, but I do love bow hunting and love, you know, talking about it um, and, and the gear and all that stuff, everything that goes along with it. So. I think that's a good way to kind of end it. I mean, I mean, what end of season, you know, we kind of got wait till depression kind of maybe setting in for some people. Um, I still rabbit hunt and do some things. So I'm still out in the woods, you know, shed season kind of here in Scotland, you know, now we don't have much snow, but I do think it'd be good to end on that. And I do encourage anyone, like if you want to learn more about gear, I mean, you've got a lot of great podcasts that go over, you know, your approach to mobile hunting. Um, a lot of companies, a lot of people who are owners of these companies you've interviewed, a lot of really high-level hunters you've went through, like you said. And, um, yeah, a lot of good overall info. And, you know, if you've been under a rock in Michigan and don't know about the Bowhunter Chronicles, I mean, go go, go, give it a listen and learn some of that. And uh, I guess is there anything else you want to kind of say? You know, I know you got some shows coming up that you're going to be at. Maybe you're going to the one that's like – in pennsylvania or which one are you going to next yeah so i'm i leave this week end of this week gonna go to harrisburg i went there last year it's the first time i went to that like last year i didn't go to ata so i felt like i had to go um you know kind of see what was uh, all the buzz was about and everything so i went out there and um gonna go back this year and you know i'm i'm terrible at business i go to these things and i think like oh yeah do something and uh, now nah, I just drink beer and shake hands, <laughs> meet new friends that I had never met before. So it's just, it's just the way that it goes. But it's it is like uh, all of these. Like if you don't have it, I'll leave you with this. Like 
um, if you have a chance to go to like any of these um, bigger shows and like being in Michigan here, like like Tack is a, is not a show, but it is a show. There's a whole bunch of like really cool gear there. A lot of the Western gear that you don't get to see, um, you know, here in Michigan without having to like really, really seek it out. Um, and then a lot of the people there and just to be in a space like that with so many like-minded people, um, it's really more like a deer camp than it is. Like most people who are in this space and that are serious about it, kind of have a handle on all of the gear and all that stuff. Maybe you want to get your hands on it or whatever, but you go and there's this guy from Instagram or this guy that you heard on a podcast or this guy that has a podcast or whatever that's there. And you can sit down and, you know, have some conversations and kind of like, kind of get a read on these people, pick their brains, all that stuff. And, you know, that's what it's like. It's like a big, deer hunting class reunion like when we go to this stuff like we all know what the gear is like you know everybody bickers about it you can get it in your hands like whatever but you know most of that stuff never killed anybody any deer it's it's mm. about being in the woods and getting out there and so i, I would encourage you especially like in michigan I, I would say that the big one for like what we do um would be tacked to to get there and you'll see you know the latitudes the tethers the trophy lines um you know the the pack companies like kafaru and you know just all that is is really worth the trip and and it's a it's terrible um to try to like register for and it's, it can be expensive because you got to find a place to stay um but i would i would look at it like you were going to a hunting show and not a shooting event if you don't get in um, and go there, look at the vendors, um, you know, bring your bow, shoot the practice course. Maybe they make you sign a waiver. Maybe you just don't ask. Um, but it's a, it's a really cool place. Um, and that's why I like to do the shows is, is to go and, you know, just kind of be in that environment. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I love it. That's, I'm actually hoping to maybe, uh, go to that for the first time this year because i've heard a lot of good things and that you know you hear the other things too but i mean from a good group of people that love to shoot bows love archery they're there you can see a lot of that stuff and it's you know a good time of year to do that so but yeah i think that's a great way to end it i appreciate you hopping on here and hopefully everyone enjoyed this uh episode of mission wild and uh look forward to hearing uh how everyone's week went and uh we'll uh let's see i'm trying to think if there's anything else that i wanted to touch on i think we kind of touched on anything that's good and yeah like i said adam i appreciate it and um you're a busy dude and i kind of feel like i probably shouldn't have taken this time from you but i'm glad i did oh not a problem anytime and i, I really do appreciate it